Hey everybody, this is Armando Torres, just here to wish you a Merry Christmas and let you know that in 2019, Cold Podcast is planning to go on the road. That's right. We're trying to take our show uh, and travel around the country, visit you, and give it to you live. Which sounded grosser than I intended it to. Uh, if you want to let us know what city that you live in and which cities we should be visiting on the road, then you should fill out our tour survey, which is available on all of our social media. But you can find the link at bit.ly slash cult podcast. That's bit.ly slash cult podcast all one word go ahead and go there fill out our tour survey let us know what cities we should go to let us know what you want to see you can give us your email if you're so inclined if you don't want to it's totally okay it's not required at all yeah that's pretty much it so without any further ado enjoy kkk part one Cold podcast features adult themes and graphic descriptions of violence listener discretion is advised now please enjoy the show For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm, organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership, organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers, organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships, and organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits, and as always, these are our opinions. I'm dreaming of a white cult Hey! I'm Paige Wesley, and this is Cult Podcast. Hey, I'm Armando Torres, and this is Cult Podcast. And with us, we have... Andrea Gazetta! Yay! And, and it's Armando's is... week! Yeah, it's my week! I did it! It's here! It's me! This is your present! Merry Cultmas! So... I hope you're so happy! Uh, so we have been working for weeks to bring you one of the stupidest puns. (laughs) (laughs) We're dreaming of a white Christmas and we're covering the Ku Klux Klan. Oh my God. Because last year we covered Krampus and that's a fake monster. So this year it's a real one. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus. Monstrous. Yeah. The Ku Klux Klan is without a doubt one of the most vile, violent, groups in american history and it is a group that is almost entirely synonymous with america like you can't think of the clan without picturing just the horrible atrocities in the south and like modern atrocities throughout america yeah um they're terribly evil i hate them and i kind of honestly after researching them for so long, they are a cult. I'm going to say it. Like, yeah, they're straight yeah. up. They don't tick every box, but they do tick a large number of the boxes. Oh, definitely. So something I didn't know before I started researching the clan is that there wasn't just one clan. There has actually been three different clans. Damn. And we're going to cover all three of them in each episode. It's going to be a three-part series on the Ku Klux Klan. And today we are covering the first clan. So, before we get into it, uh, the sources for today's episode are archives from the Anti-Defamation League on the Ku Klux Klan, Battlefields.org, Black Reconstruction in America, 1860-1880, through 1880, by W.E. Berghart Dubois, 
That w- is W B Dubois. W E Dubois. Yeah, it's, he's famous. Yeah, he's famous. <laughs> okay. It is. A, it's an essay. I thought it was a book because I was reading passages from it, and then I was like, I'm just gonna buy it for 14 bucks, and it's like a just a long ass essay. Yeah, yeah. It's very good though, and it it covers a lot, and I, it's mm-hmm. a, it is a very good read. Um, another great read is Ku Klux: The Birth of the Klan During Reconstruction by Elaine France Parsons. It's a very very interesting book and she's a very interesting lady um it is i've read one other book and we'll get into it next week uh on the clan and the other one is my favorite but this one is also very 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 good also we will cover the prescript for the order of the asterism which is a dumb name that we will get into in a little bit so first of all For the clan to make sense, I have to give you guys sort of a shitty history lesson. It's history time with Armando again. Hey, Hey. hey kids, gather around, get your textbooks out, drop your acid, and let's learn some history. (laughs) I would be a great teacher. That was actually what I was going to be. I was going to say, how long did you touch that acid earlier? (laughs) (laughs) Let's start off today's episode with uh, some of the most depressing history that we will ever go over. The Civil War was a super important piece of America's history because it was both America's bloodiest conflict and it also defined who we would become as a nation. In 1860, America was only 84 years old and that's basically like a teenager as far as countries go. So like the rest of the countries are kind of getting their shit figured out and America's just like, no dad, I don't want to be like you. I want to listen to punk music and own slaves. You know, typical. I don't want to be a constitutional monarchy. I want to be a republic. <laughs> so they're they're just figuring their shit out. But one of the biggest things that we needed to figure out was two huge questions. One, would America, a country founded on the principle that all men are created equal, continue to be the largest slave-owning country in the world? And moreover, what rights did the federal government have over its citizens? Was America a confederation of sovereign states or an indivisible nation with a sovereign national government? These are two things that the founding fathers wanted to address, but straight up, they were like kind of just too afraid to like actually question it. And they're like, ah, they'll figure it out later. They and were going to address it and then they got high? Yeah. <laughs> These questions were finally answered in November of 1860 when Abraham Lincoln was elected president of the United States. Yay! Lincoln was the first president from the newly founded Republican Party. But the Republicans were different from the ones that we know and hate today. Uh, At least I kind of... That was a dumb line. I thought that was going to get a huge laugh. Uh (laughs) (laughs) They are different. There is a a definite shift in, I believe, the 50s and 60s. Oh, yeah. This episode involves both Democrats and Republicans and we're going to see how different they were at the time uh, because at the time the Republicans believed in three big things forming a strong and unified central government welcoming and accepting immigrants to strengthen our country (laughs) (laughs) oh imagine and most importantly freeing the slaves because at the time the Republicans were a strong liberal group of young people who were actually so radical that they weren't supported by churches at the time. What a shift, too. Like, isn't that astounding how different? Yeah. Yeah. In fact, a lot of people that supported the South and the racist, um, like, legislation of the past, those were Democrats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, So, here's a quick side note. The Republican Party was founded by abolitionists. Those are people that believe that slavery should be abolished. 
And a lot of people always bring up the same fact over and over. Like, if you've ever known somebody that smoked weed and thought he was too cool for school, which you have. It's me. It's Armando. (laughs) (laughs) Nice to meet you. (laughs) So I'm sure you've heard this fact before. It's something that everyone tries to spread, but somebody usually says it in kind of an asshole tone where they're like... Yeah, but, like, Lincoln only freed the slaves as, like, a political move to hurt the South. You know what I mean? You know what? If you've heard that, as yeah. people are like, yeah, Lincoln didn't actually care about the slaves. He just, like, did it as a political move. I feel like I usually hear it right before they're like, did you know that all of Quentin Tarantino's movies exist in the same universe? <laughs> but then also James Bond is a code name, not a person. Yeah, it's it's that that kind of person likes to like tout this thing, and that's true. Lincoln was not an abolitionist, but he sided with abolitionists. Lincoln was kind of a weird middle thing because he he truly believed that slavery was morally, ethically, and economically wrong, but it was written and allowed in the Constitution. Because right. in the Constitution, they didn't outright be like, yo, slavery be legal. But they did say things like uh, the Three-Fifths Compromise and mm-hmm. the, um, what is it called? Although the, the uh, Three-Fifths Compromise came later. Like, it that did wasn't come later. an original piece of the Constitution. This is why I get really mad when people are like, respect the Constitution, this and this and this. You can't change things. I'm like, yes, you can. We've changed many things. Right. Progress. Change things. It's literally filled with amendments. Yes. Which... If things are bad, change them. That's what amendment means. Yeah. Things like... Dicks. <laughs> things like the Fugitive Slave Clause and the Three-Fifths Compromise were amendments that came later because the Constitution originally didn't say anything about slaves. Right. So there was stuff added later that sort of was like a sly reference to like, hey, but you could do this though so they were kind of in this weird middle ground where he didn't lincoln at the time didn't know exactly what to do because the constitution was like yeah it's fine but morally it's not okay at all abolitionists on the other hand knew exactly what to do about the issue they believed that slaves should be freed and implemented directly into society regardless of political and constitutional conflict in fact, the leading abolitionist at the time, William Lloyd Garrison, called the Constitution a covenant with death and an agreement with hell, and he went so far as to burn a copy of the Constitution. <laughs> Dude, this fuck guy is yeah. pimp as fuck! This is mad. William Lloyd Garrison later, just as a side note, by the way, later went on to be the leading advocate for women's suffrage in 1870s. Fuck, fuck yeah. yes! He's just like, he looks like, uh, what's his name? He looks like Larry Davis. Which is that's so funny. Hilarious. But he's just like this sweet old man that's just like, yeah, everyone's a person. Why aren't we treating people like people? Like a Aww. sweet old man where people are like, old man Smithers, it's time for your nap. And he's like, no, I got to stay woke. Like that <laughs> level of old man. I'm, I'm down. He sounds amazing. It's a little dark in here. I can light some candles or a copy of this hell contract. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a fucking... That's what I'm saying is like back in the day... Uh, and we'll see it over and over, especially as we lead into the Civil War. I don't agree with them, but every single person who had a problem was like, nope, fuck this. I'm taking it into my own hands. And now, like... It's like it, a whole nation of Bundys. Yeah. <laughs> who, by the way, right side of history right now? Yeah. The thing is, is... Uh, the fuck is, is this about? <laughs> this is why I get mad whenever somebody is like... Uh, 
Like, oh, I can't believe they're kneeling during the national anthem. Dark, they were burning the Constitution back in the day. They were like, fuck y'all. He would have been kneeling with, like, burning constitutions in either hand. Yeah. He's, William fucking Garrison is the shit. He's a dope-ass dude. (laughs) Well, what's crazy to me is our entire nation is built on people being like, no, I think that's wrong. I think we should talk about it. And now people are like, I don't think we should talk about it. And, you know, like, people are just, like, really upset about anyone exercising any right to protest. It's really upsetting. Sometimes you gotta burn a constitution or, like, take over a national park. (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay. I'm kidding. All right. yeah, That's too far. Too far. Okay. okay. If you're listening, take over one national park in the name of Colt Podcast. And Donate all your dildos, dildos to us. <laughs> and then so go we to can open our Etsy shop. And then go to and then go to Open Skies Trading Company so that you can support your new home. <laughs> Ethically made dildos that support the national parks. Uh, Lincoln ran on and won on a platform of pledging to keep slavery out of the territories. And when he won, citizens of seven slave-owning southern states seceded, which is the most racist tongue twister that I can... (laughs) Except for for she sells seashells by the seashore because she hates black people. That one's worse. (laughs) But not by much. That's a terrible Uh, reason to sell shells. (laughs) So seven states in the South uh, seceded in retaliation of the incoming Lincoln administration, which is fucking, that's like whenever somebody's like, ah, swear if Obama wins, I'm going to move to Canada. These people were like, if Lincoln wins, we're going to saw off the states. And then he did. And he was like, well, get the sauce. Yes. (laughs) Well, it's kind of like after Trump won and people were like, California should secede. And people were like, that's a terrible idea. I was like, for you to not have avocados, we're just going to take them and leave. (laughs) Yeah, that was the other. Avocados and tree nuts. (laughs) Well, the other thing is that if we. we If we. And a lot of weed. Such a surprising amount of weed. If we seceded, we have such a huge economy that we'd be like up there already anyway that's a whole other thing we're gonna see why this is a bad idea as we get into this yeah yeah yeah. in the order of secession south carolina mississippi florida alabama georgia louisiana and texas declared that they were no longer under the rule of the u.s and instead had formed the confederate states of america now correct me if i am wrong texas still doesn't necessarily always consider itself part of the u.s because they never surrendered uh, I might be wrong. Technically, yes, I think they are the I'll, Republic of Texas. I'll get back to you on that, okay. but they—I think that might be true. But they're like everyone yeah. folded and came back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, spoiler alert. Sorry, <laughs> you don't remember oh, from no. history class. <laughs> Lincoln, along with most Northerners, refused to recognize the Confederacy as legitimate. Uh, No one really wanted to because it just kind of, it was dumb. It was like when Texas does it now where they're like, we're going to leave. And we're like, okay, Texas, we'll leave the lights on for you. It's like when a little kid packs their Barbie suitcase. (laughs) We're leaving. I'm going to leave. You don't care about me. And you just like. All of my avocados and weed and I'm going. (laughs) Okay, California, you'll be back. You'll you... be back, or maybe not, but, like, we hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take my suitcase full of only cotton balls and not enough <laughs> produce, and <laughs> I'm getting out of here. I got two things. I got tobacco. I got cotton. I don't need anything else. <laughs> food? Food? Fat? Okay. That's fine. You don't need food. It's fine. Uh, Medicine? Don't have it? Okay. Metal? <laughs> nope. Okay. Well, that's fine. You'll be fine. So it's not... not- 
not seeing them as legitimate, just like it would to a child with their Barbie suitcase, it just made the Confederacy angry. That's yeah. all it did. <laughs> Fuck y'all, we got all the swaps. Yeah. <laughs> so on April 12, 1861, members of a militia known as the Confederate Army opened fire on and overtook Fort Sumter in South Carolina, claiming that the U.S. had no claim over Confederate land. And by the way... Who does this sound like? A group of rebels who claim that the U.S. doesn't have rule over federal land, and so they march onto it with a bunch of weapons and take it back. Oh, the original three Star Wars films. Um, <laughs> also, also the Bunties. Yes. That's why this stuff, just to kind of tie it in a little bit, history repeats itself. That's why I was so afraid of fucking the Bundys, because it's like, that's how the first shit started. These dildo entrepreneurs gonna secede. <laughs> yeah, the worst part about Fort Sumter is they were like, we are the Confederacy. And then I just mailed them a bunch Please of dildos. Please send us snacks. Yeah. I just well, sent them a bunch of they dildos. They were old school dildos, so they were hand carved. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got splinters from my... <laughs> After the takeover of Fort Sumter, Virginia, Arkansas, North Carolina, just like a fucking shitty little brother, just being like, Southie, wait up, we're coming. <laughs> North Carolina and Tennessee all joined the Confederacy in seceding. Pro-Confederate governments, which are uh, basically just like fake governments set up by people who were Confederates inside of the states, uh, they, they suggested that Missouri and Kentucky also secede, but that never went through because the states were overwhelmingly union-friendly. Okay. Oh. So the government started up inside of there, including, I think it was the, the governor of Missouri were like, the people want to rebel! And the people were like, no, we don't. Good on you, Missouri. Good for you. Good job. So again, whenever we cover history, it's just kind of to add context. And this is literally the quickest and stupidest history lesson ever. So I'm going to kind of like really oversimplify when I say that the Confederacy put up much more of a fight than the Union had initially perceived. And part of that was just the concept that a lot of the soldiers in the Confederate Army, A, had something to fight for. They were fighting on their own land. And B, a lot of them had been trained with guns since they were children, whereas a lot of the Union soldiers didn't necessarily have that advantage. Yeah, well, that's kind of like... That's fair, but the Union soldiers were actually soldiers. The Confederacy was a militia, whereas the Union was an army. Right. I mean, but it's kind of like if somebody came at me with a gun. I've never held a gun, so... Yeah. You've never held a gun? No, dude. Okay, Why? I know I'm I'm very pro gun control, but I still like I love guns. They're oh, great. I hear very I hear fun. they're a blast. Yeah. I would I'll literally totally go to, yeah. <laughs> I'll go They're to more a of a bang. <laughs> like, hey. like I don't think my mother has ever held a gun. Uh-huh. My dad has been clay shooting because his boss is Texan and has like a ranch out by W. Yeah. So they like sometimes will go out there for retreats and shit. And my uncle is a policeman, so he has a gun. But other than that, like, no one in our family, oh, I guess I've got cousins that, but like, immediate family, it just, there were no guns. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say which one specifically, but <laughs> members of my family who shouldn't have guns have always had guns. Mm. And then legally speaking, my stepfather had guns. So I had guns in the house since I was a child. So that shit's kind of scary. But anyway, yeah, that is exactly why they did that because they were. It was something shitty, but they still, regardless, had something to fight for. Right. Well, it's their home. Like, Union soldiers are coming to their home. Yeah. It's also their entire way of life. What started with land disputes and, like, hey, 
Fort Sumter is actually ours. Like, it was a lot of stuff like that. That quickly became small gunfights and eventually became huge, full-on battles. By 1863, three years into the conflict, the Union had to switch from its goal of limited casualties into a new strategy that they called Total War. So because the U.S. was now at war, they they had different goals. They were going to destroy the Old South and its institution of slavery and give the country a quote-unquote new birth of freedom by making all people equal by any means necessary. And because we were at war, President Lincoln was able to give a, a controversial wartime decree that he believed would help swing the fight in the favor of the Union the Emancipation Proclamation. Yeah, slavery was made illegal in the South, and newly freed people made their way to the North, often choosing to join the Union to fight against the Confederacy, which is actually kind of cool, because you get out, and then you're like, yeah, I'm gonna help. I'm gonna do this. So that was kind of neat. A year later, in 1865, General Robert E. Lee surrendered to General Ulysses S. Grant. With much of the South's infrastructure destroyed and most Confederate leaders surrendering with General Lee, the Confederacy collapsed completely. It's just kind of like, you know, there's those stories of like, hey, the Civil War ended, but there was a couple of Confederate groups that still like roamed the countryside. But overall, everything just kind of like fizzled out eventually. After one of the bloodiest periods in American history, the Reconstruction Era began as we started the long and painful process of rebuilding an entire nation. After the Civil War, in December 1865, about then is where I've pinned it down to, Again, only like a few months after the war, six Confederate veterans, known as the Immortal Six, formed the Ku Klux Klan in Pulaski, Tennessee. This is actually kind of interesting. They're called the Immortal Six, and I've searched so hard, and I can't find a single fucking name. They're dead, gone, and no one will ever remember who they were. Also, the other thing is I think they're kind of like taking, like, what's it called? Influence from, do you guys know the Immortal 600? Mm-mm. You mean the 300? No, the Immortal 600. It was a bunch of Confederate soldiers that basically like refused to give up and fought tooth and nail oh, to keep their land or I some shit. I was thinking Immortal 300 Battle of Thermopylae, but you're sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah the, the Immortal 600 were a group of tough Confederates who put up with fighting and giving up their entire lives to defend what they thought was their way of life. And the Immortal Six was a bunch of fucking idiots who started a little social club in Tennessee. So really not even on the same level of Confederates. Originally, the Klan was a social group, like a college fraternity without the college, which is pretty obvious. And (laughs) in line with frats, the Immortal Six used Greek in their name. They used the word kuklos, which means circle. And they picked it because of its meaning and also because of its alliteration. The Ku Klux Klan, it was just kind of like it rolls off the tongue. Um, And at first, the Klan's main focus was to get former Confederate veterans together to just fuck with the population. They didn't start off racist. At first, they started off to just, like, weird everyone out. Not even black people, all people. So they did stuff like they dressed in long flowing sheets with crude homemade masks and hoods. And at the time, they weren't like the simple hood with the eye holes. They had like faces painted on them. What? Yeah, they were like weird. Some people didn't have hoods. They just had like straight up masks or like weird funny hats. 
They also called each other weird names like the Grand Cyclops and the Grand Magi were the titles held by the actual office holders. And then if you joined in to the clan, you were known as a ghoul. That was your official title. Well, because that's what I was... When you said that they kind of conflate their image to make themselves even better than they are. Like Grand Wizard. Like yeah. to claim you're a wizard. Now, this is something that happens in like Greek letter societies, though. So once you join a fraternity or a sorority, especially if you hold office, there are different names for those offices that are not spoken outside of the society. Exactly. And that's that's what this society was. They would ride around at night on horseback holding wild ceremonies that they wanted to be quote-unquote secret, but they held just near people so that people could see them and be like, what the fuck are they doing? Like, their whole plan was just to be weird and fuck with people. So that's why, like, they're not conflating themselves necessarily. They're just a bunch of asshole frat dudes. It's like the kid at lunch that will, like, eat weird shit and just stare at you. Or just, like, (laughs) he's, like, building a sword in the wood shop every week for some reason. And you're like, like, hey, Trevor, what are you doing? And he's just like, I'm a grand cyclops. And you're like, okay, buddy. I mean, this is very... You should take a grand shower. God damn. (laughs) Very typical of frats. Uh, When I was in a sorority, if we were doing rituals, we would, like, block out windows and stuff like you could not see in. But then frats had traditions where it was like, hey, if you get shut out at pool, you've got to streak through the entire Greek neighborhood. Like, they just... Yeah. They're out and about fucking with people all the time. They would steal our letters to spell ass on the field and shit. <laughs> yeah. But and, in Greek letters. <laughs> and speaking of uh speaking of like fraternities and shit, it's it's kind of well known that the original clan took its um took its like uh, what what is the term? It took its origins. like hierarchy and origins and initiation ceremonies from one group that was a fraternity of Confederate soldiers, but also an old college fraternity with the same name. It was like Kuklos Adelphi, I think. It was old and didn't last past the Civil War, but Kuklos Adelphi, some of its old members took its initiations and made the Ku Klux Klan, and then some of them took them and redid a new college fraternity, which is still around. It's Kappa Alpha. Yeah, well, so, that's most fraternities and sororities start at this time. Yeah, but I just wanted you guys to know, Kappa Alpha, same historical roots <laughs> as the Ku Klux Klan. So, and there's also so many infractions for racism throughout the years for Kappa Alpha. So, just so you know, maybe there's a little bit more that they share with the clan than just a name. I mean, the frats by us were fun. At like Halloween, they used to just carve vaginas into pumpkins and set them outside. Holy you know shit, what? you've sold me. I'm, I want to join a frat. <laughs> I'm going to college. It was, I loved living at the sorority house. It was super fun. Money well spent. Oh, hands down. <laughs> so, just like you guys learned in college, people wanted to be a part of weird mysterious secret societies oh hell yeah it was the number one selling point and also veterans wanted to go hang out with other veterans it was just kind of like a fun thing so the clan started to grow quickly and when these former confederates came together just like they kind of do now they realized that they were all really upset with the current political state of america not only had the confederacy lost the war lost their slaves but they had also lost their quote-unquote independence at Mm. least in their mind And also, the centralized federal government was adding amendments to the Constitution that made their former slaves into citizens. So they were really upset that, like, they were like, oh, not only was that guy, like, 
not even not even my employee like not only was that guy my person now i just have to call him jeff and he's my neighbor yeah. and they were really upset with shit like that these people had put everything they owned into both the confederacy and their slave-based economy like the south was a slave labor-based economy everything that they had was based off of owning people and not only were they now like imposing strict laws that made it impossible for them to have slaves which is the way it should be some radical republicans which is one of the funniest sentences i've ever said (laughs) just because i picture like radical and then it's just a bunch of it's like it's fucking ted cruz doing a sick grind hey i was wearing a tie-dye shirt don't tempt him he killed like a bunch of people in the 70s Uh, radical Republicans believe that the federal government should implement the ironclad oath to rid the former Confederates of their right to hold office or even vote. It basically, the oath was like, uh, if you were a part of or helped the Confederacy, then you were not allowed the same rights as other American citizens. So in their mind, um, if you were a part of the Confederacy, you now had less rights than former slaves did. That's what the ironclad oath would like try and make happen the ironclad oath didn't go through by the way lincoln vetoed it uh jackson vetoed it i'm pretty sure grant vetoed it like it didn't it did not go through it didn't go through officially but there were still harsh punishments for people that had participated oh yeah it got people out of office uh, uh, when it initially was presented it got people out of office like immediately so it, it, it allowed for the union to come in and hold office and Lincoln's plan to for reconstruction and plans that eventually were passed on um, were good plans. I think they like they were trying to build a better America. So. Ironically, if Lincoln hadn't been assassinated, like his plans for reconstruction were much more lenient on the South than yeah. his vice president. So. Yeah, hmm. it's just like uh, it's kind of like now where. We all hate Trump, but we know that Pence would be ten times worse. So we're like, we hate Trump, but like, oh God, please also arrest Pence. Please arrest everyone. <laughs> please also not the guy who calls his wife mother. Oh, oh what? No. Dark. Who's your mommy? Mm. My wifey. Worst uh, kind of porn. <laughs> oh. All kind of porn. I don't know if you guys have watched porn lately. You can't not find mother porn. God, mother porn. Anyway. um, (laughs) It's like mother goose. (laughs) Nursery rhyme. Mother porn. Mother porn. Let down your pubes. I don't know. All right. I'm sorry. I started that sentence. At the beginning, the clan would occasionally do shitty things like ride around on horseback, dressed in all white, claiming to be the ghosts of dead Confederates in order to scare what they thought were superstitious black people. They thought putting on all white and going like, ooh, would scare black people. And black people were like, no, I'm afraid because you're on a horse and weird as fuck you're yeah, i'm yeah. not afraid i don't I'm, think you're a ghost i I'm think afraid. you're i think you're john from down the street yeah. <laughs> and i think you're kind of an ass i'm afraid because your people used to own us exactly so they did shitty things like that but with the growing membership of the clan and the heightening paranoia and perceived persecution among former confederates the clan began to lash out violently against black citizens and supporters of equal rights so this is where we get like 
a formal clan in 1867 at a meeting in Nashville, Tennessee, members of the clan gathered to create an official organization so that that way they could spread chapters of the clan all across the South. So since most members were former Confederates, the military style hierarchy that they adopted for the clan worked out. Like they kind of understood what the goal was. George Gordon, a member of the clan and a former Confederate general developed the prescript, the prescript were the rules and requirements that members of the clan needed to adhere to. Rule number one, don't talk about the clan. That is actually rule number one. <laughs> is it really? <laughs> rule number two, don't talk about the clan. No, it's rule number one and rule number like 11. It's There's a lot of like, hey, please don't talk about the clan. <laughs> so, all right. The prescript is an explanation of what you need to be in the clan. To be eligible to join the clan, you have to be recommended by an existing member, either as your friend or an initiate. initiate. After you've been recommended, it must be proven that you both have a pure bloodline and that you're over the age of 18. It's weird how they do that, where they're like, we got to make sure you're pure first. And then also like, you got pubes yet? <laughs> you can't what color hate- are they? They pubes. better be blonde. <laughs> you can't hate black people unless you got pubes, sir. Those pubes look a little curly to me, sir. Are you <laughs> sure that your bloodline is pure? Are you sure that your dick line is... All right, never mind. Uh... After you, after your investigation, you're sworn in through an initiation called interrogation. And while <laughs> interrogation is described as being on your knees in front of several other masked men in the dead <laughs> of night, and you have to swear certain things to be true. And I shit you not, one of those things is that you'll forever keep what happens at this ceremony a secret. Straight oh as the gays ain't. God. They're fucking... <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying the clan was sucking each other off, but it's like, they're making it really easy to make fun of them. I Your mean, happy trail's looking real happy, soldier. <laughs> Metaphorically, they definitely are sucking each other off. All yeah. The time. So you have to swear that you had no ties to the radical Republicans. You had to swear that you had never fought for the union. You were having, you had to swear that you were opposed to equal rights for black people. You had to swear that you were in favor of a white man's government. Uh, you had to swear that you were in favor of maintaining the constitutional rights of the South, which is, um, it's a direct reference to the ironclad oath. They were like, we want our rights. But you also had to support giving the Confederacy its rights to own slaves and secede back. So you have to... I'm yeah. just picturing a white man government. And I know that that was our government for many, many, many years and... But like, I'm oh, also... you mean it's different from right now? Exactly. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just current. I'm picturing somebody be like, I move that mayonnaise be added to all sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> I move that all dancing be arrhythmic from now on. Also, I know that I said he's on his knees and he needs to swear that he gives the South the right to secede, not suck seed. Okay. Oh, all right. He's on his knees. Like I, I promise to put raisins in potato salad. <laughs> oh, what? No. <laughs> Why would you do that? Leave my house. For even, <coughs> I wouldn't do it. Leave my house for even putting that thought forward in the universe. <laughs> With celery salt. The last part of your oath requires that you never reveal the identities, beliefs, or practices of the clan to anyone who is not a member of the clan. 
So Nathan Bedford Forrest is a former Confederate general. He was one of the founding members of the official Order of the Klan. Which, by the way, when I said the Order of the Asterism, uh, I was reading the prescript. It's actually not long. It's it's fairly short. The original prescript is fairly short. But it says uh, an asterism is a small grouping. Uh, it's like a pyramid of asterisks. It's three, and I had never seen that before. And it was called the Order of the asterisk 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 and i was like what the fuck does that mean and i'm like trying to figure it out and i realize it's because they don't call it the clan ever unless you're talking only to a clan when they write it down they write it down as like the order of the dot 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 that's the same uh my sorority you do not in correspondence you don't reference it you Mm -hmm. have code words that you would use instead exactly and so in both public and private correspondence there's different ones yeah and that's that's what i mean that's that's why i think that you're uh oh boy you're really qualified for this episode not don't take that in the wrong way no, no, it's no, just no. because I, it's yeah because it's a secret society yeah and i was in a secret society of course not that secret talk Haha, about we right got now. her we got her oh no kick her out of the sorority oh my god you found my stash of old sweatshirts <laughs> um so Nathan Bedford Forrest was elected to be the first Grand Wizard and claimed to be the clan's national leader. Just as a quick side note, by the way, uh, the plan was to make a centralized um, headquarters that mm-hmm. the clan would report to. Mm-hmm. And go figure, a bunch of these ex-Confederates weren't really down with a centralized ruling over <laughs> a bunch of different chapters. That makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. So... Uh, Nathan Bedford Forrest, George Gordon, the guy who wrote the prescript and the first Grand Wizard, they wanted to turn the social club into a political movement. They wanted to secede again, they wanted their slaves back, and they wanted to restore the white dominance that had existed before the war. So, I want to take a look at the members of the clan itself. Elaine France Parsons, who is the woman that wrote the book about the, the early clan, um... She described the members of the clan at the time. Lifting the clan mask revealed a chaotic multitude of anti-black vigilante groups, disgruntled poor white farmers, wartime guerrilla bands, displaced democratic politicians, illegal whiskey distillers, coercive <laughs> moral reformers, sadists, rapists, white workmen fearful of black competition, employers trying to enforce labor discipline, common thieves, and neighbors with decades-old grudges. Indeed, they all had in common, besides being overwhelmed white southern and democratic was that they all referred to themselves as clansmen so as you see as that list kind of goes on it starts with people who are like yeah i didn't like jeff who who i used to own and now he's not my property and i want to beat him up it started with people like that Mm -hmm. but as that list goes on it's like politicians employers like people who have People who have competition that are are like the black farmers are starting to replace. And so they're joining it. And the original members of the clan, they wore robes and hoods to confuse and fuck with their neighbors. But the new members of the clan did it to hide their identities. So you see like old rules start to have a new meaning. Their initial night rides took on a sinister tone as they now started burning down houses and buildings as well as shooting into houses of black families. 
random targets and small feuds weren't the victim of the clan's violence anymore they started attacking and murdering political figures black political figures members of the freedmen's bureau and southern republicans yes the clan were an armed terrorist group basically using guerrilla warfare tactics to wage a secret war with the black community and the government that they said oppressed them so this is where you see the turn from like the clan we didn't really know into the clan that everyone is afraid of. Yeah. During the presidential election of 1868, the clan turned election season into hunting season. While the clan had made a name for themselves before with their attempts of suppressing black voters, nothing could have prepared America for what they had in store during the election of 1868. In Louisiana alone, over 2,000 people were killed or wounded within three weeks. Holy shit. Leading up to the election. Holy shit. In the St. Landry Parish, which Louisiana doesn't have counties. They have parishes. parishes, Yeah. yeah. In the St. Landry Parish, there were over 1,000 registered Republicans. However, due to threats and murders by the Klan, zero Republicans voted in the election at all. Holy shit. Oh my god. In Georgia County, or in a county in Georgia, only one Republican voted out of 1,222 Republicans. Wow. One county in Florida had over 150 deaths at the at the hands of the Klan. Other counties in Florida reported like numerous deaths, businesses shut down. The Klan, they fucking like ramped up and were like, because they, they weren't getting opposed. They just, there was, they just kept growing and growing and getting more and more powerful members and becoming more legitimate. And they were, they were trying to stop the Republicans from holding office. So they made it so that the only people who could vote were Democrats. In fact, they did shit where like, you voted Democrat and a Klansman went in and made sure you voted Democrat. And then they gave you a piece of paper that were like, I voted Democrat. And then you were safe. They did things like they hunted black politicians in the woods at night. And they found a half buried pile of 25 bodies in the woods out in Louisiana. Oh my God. The Klan. I don't think I have to say this, but the clan is fucked up. Oh, all right? yeah, yeah. Oh They're my God, a horrible, horrible group of shitty people. And this is just the first iteration of the clan. And they, did, they didn't go without opposition for very long. Especially after the events around the 1868 election. In Alabama, the Union Army veterans organized and made a group called the Anti-Ku Klux. It was a group that acted as essentially the complete opposite of the Klan. So every action that the Klan took, the anti-Ku Klux would retaliate against known members of the Klan. That's kind of badass. So you burn down somebody's house, they're burning down your house. You kill somebody, they're killing somebody. They were a bunch of veterans who were like, fuck you. Yeah. In South Carolina, armed black militias formed and basically made their own, like, neighborhood watch. So if the Klansmen came in, they just killed them. They they didn't put up with any bullshit at all. Republicans and Democrats started passing legislation to ban the Klan altogether, although for different reasons. Republicans wanted them to stop being persecuted like republicans at the time were not were were getting voters suppressed and were being murdered and persecuted but democrats wanted to get the clan away because they thought that the clan would give the central government a reason to keep suppressing the south 
so yeah everyone bad name yeah everyone was like all right this has gone on for too long we need to fucking cut some shit that that's where we get into the civil rights act of 1871 which was written in february by benjamin franklin butler i thought it was i started reading it was like benjamin huh franklin what butler oh all right it's a different guy um, Who didn't have syphilis, maybe. I'm just imagining Benjamin Franklin and Gerard Butler having a look. <laughs> or that it was just Benjamin Franklin's butler, and his butler was like, Benjamin Franklin does no shit. I actually invented electricity. <laughs> <laughs> the worst part was uh, I was reading an article about him, and they had a typo, and his name, the first time I read it, was Benjamin Franklin Butter. And I was like, ah, oh, come on. <laughs> I was really happy until Fresh I found out. creamery butter. Oh, God. It's weirder when you know the story of Benjamin Franklin. Yo. Mm. So uh, it was written in 1871 after a congressional committee took testimonies of Klan atrocities that took up, like, it took 12 volumes to, to just, and that wasn't even all of the things they did wrong. I think it was only 52 people came forward, and it filled 12 volumes. The bill was signed by President Ulysses S. Grant, which, if you're paying attention, that was the general who won the Civil War, who became president later, begrudgingly, I might add. That guy's a fucking badass. Who won despite the Klan's meddling, by the way, too. Because remember I said they were trying to suppress voters in 1868. He still fucking won. The bill was passed and put into effect. The Klan was deemed a terrorist organization and was ordered to disband. Well, the Klan, in true Klan fashion, refused to acknowledge orders from the central government. But this time, they weren't fucking around, and the Union took the fight to them. They sent federal troops, and the Klan was apprehended and tried in federal court. Why federal court? Because that way they could let black people be jurors. Oh, fuck, fuck yeah. Yes. So they brought them in. There was no way to get their fucking, like, there. no one in, in the federal courts was in the Klan. And also, there was less people that used to be part of the Confederacy. So they really just, they fucking got them. Hundreds of Klansmen were sentenced to various sentences ranging from months to years, depending on what their what their crimes were. Nathan Forrest claimed that his membership of the Klan exceeded over 550,000 members, and he boasted that he could assemble a cavalry of 40,000 men at any time. However, after most of those Klansmen got arrested, the Klan was pretty fucking scarce. So, And they also didn't have any records because one of the big rules... Don't talk about clan club. You know what I mean? Like, they, they don't have records. There is no membership. You could say a number and no one's going to say you're wrong because no one knows. Well, not in this version of the clan, right? Not in this version, but most clans try to follow the same thing. Interesting. So, one thing to look into or um, that I kind of find interesting that I've talked with uh, when we talked about um, Elohim City. Mm-hmm. And other groups like the ARA and uh, the Order and and white supremacist groups that um, were part of Timothy McVeigh, the Unabomber. Mm -hmm. What happens is there is a central starting point, but all chapters are completely independent. And that's what the Bundys are doing. You basically like the way to spread... 
a terrorist splinter group is to make little groups and drop the uh, ideology inside and then let them go crazy. Let them be their own thing. That doesn't lead back to you. And also they create their own unique form of chaos. And that's what the clan was doing. So there, not only was there any records of membership, but also chapters didn't report to Nathan Forrest because they were like, fuck you, dude. I'm, I'm my own leader. I'm the grand cyclops. <laughs> So, yeah, that is it's the so stupidest dumb. sense. <laughs> no, I'm the Grand Cyclops. I'm the Grand Cyclops. So, because the clan was dying, in 1872, Forrest called for the clan to be disbanded only after seven years uh, of being around. And just like the Confederacy, after the main guy surrendered everyone else just kind of surrendered and then eventually all parts of the clan disbanded so ulysses s grant had for a second time put those shit-eating confederates in their fucking place twice in a lifetime he took their dreams and was just like nope and again he didn't even want to be president right so the clan disbanded, but just like every terrifying horror story, this end has a question mark at the end of it. In 1915, a Georgia man who was emboldened by old regalia and tales of the clan decided to hold a meeting where he revealed that he was getting the clan back together. And that's where we'll pick up next week for the Ku Klux Klan Part 2. Damn. The, We're two, getting... the two Klux Klan, if you will. <laughs> Oh. Hey, we're getting, it's like Blues Brothers, but the clan. Yeah, we're, we're getting, getting the, the clan, clan back, back together. together. I'm on a mission from Forrest. <laughs> I'm on a mission for voter suppression. Jeez. <laughs> so, uh, because it's kind of a downer episode, I kind of wanted to in- interject like a little bit of fun into it. I mentioned that the soror or uh, fraternity rather, Kappa Alpha, mm-hmm. has the same roots as the clan. And when I looked up Kappa Alpha, there are numerous, numerous, numerous infractions for racist shit that happened because the people that are in Kappa Alpha, which is a lot of Southerners too, by the way, it's a lot of Southern schools, but a lot of times they do shitty stuff, but some of those things were not just racism. And I have three examples here that I want to share with you. I do also want to interject, like, not to, not to you know say they're not racist no but like oh and i'm not chap- saying yeah i was gonna say each chapter is different some chapters are just hilarious but yeah a history of racism is not good no uh, the thing is is that they have the same roots but it's not like the clan became kappa right, alpha right they just took their initiates from the same thing right or the initiations rather yeah i'm not saying that if you're in kappa alpha you're racist i'm just saying that that's where it comes from and right. also sometimes they be racist because <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised if like national cap alpha is just like um i mean about that <laughs> fucking hey cap alpha you got a problem fucking flip cut me bro or Come don't on. they've got money <laughs> no dude we, we're not settling this with your pussy ass lawyers flip <laughs> cut me bro flip flip, flip. 
Flipadelphia. All right. Oh, what? In 2011, an investigation was started after a frat member fired a shotgun inside of the University of Texas at Austin, Holy which shit. led to the school finding out about the fraternity holding live sex shows. What? Yeah. Not as surprising as you would think. No. In 2016, a chapter at the University of Missouri was placed on suspension and investigation after a fleshman... After a fleshman? Oh, God. After what are a... you in the fraternity? Fun? <laughs> I think Shut you up. mean frat mattress. Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. I'm really sorry. After a freshman was hospitalized due to a hazing incident that involved him drinking excessive amounts of alcohol to validate his manhood. Oh, that's very common and real bad. It happens a lot. And this one is my personal favorite. In 1997, a former pledge at Texas A&M University had to have a testicle surgically removed. What the fuck? (laughs) What? Due to a fraternity member giving him a, quote, super wedgie. (laughs) (laughs) That's real. That is real. That's amazing. The history of Kappa Alpha. I love that there are secret societies, but then everything you hear about them is just like... Why would I want to be a part just of imagine, this? Just imagine <laughs> fucking this dude and seeing it and just being like, oh man, cancer? And he just has to be like, eh, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to get into no, it. No, his name was Brett. Um, <laughs> I think one of the chapters on my campus was put on like administrative, not like suspension or something crazy. Like they lost their letters for a while um, because they had videotaped like older members of the fraternity dunking their nuts in powdered sugar and then teaballing, like teabagging tea all of the younger initiates and referring to it as snowballing. I've That's heard of snowballing also as a different thing. Yeah. But yeah. No, I've heard of both, but okay. also uh, it's just a public health issue. I just really well, here's the cool. crazy. I'm like that you means someone be, had to go buy powdered sugar. You would they be, didn't have it. You would be surprised as to what goes on in modern day high schools right now. I I believe it. I believe Uh, it. That same chapter was notorious. They had a giant big screen TV that they faced towards their like sliding glass doors you could see right through. And they would only ever be watching porn, Meerkat Manor, or for a while, Made in Manhattan. What? (laughs) We have no idea. Somebody had just like got a Made in Manhattan bugbear or whatever and just like watched it all the time. It was the dude who had his testicle out. He was (laughs) was just like chilling watching. Like now I get it. (laughs) So yeah, that is the clan part one. How you guys feeling? Guilty? Like I've had an atomic wedgie and I need to have one of my balls removed. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Oh, definitely guilty. Yeah, if you feel bad about anything and you want to make yourself feel less bad, a great way to do that is to go to Open Skies Trading Co. <laughs> oh, no. Why yeah. did you do that? Master of the Segway. No. I thought you were going to say, like, donate to the NAACP. But yeah, it said volunteer. You're like- Speak out against racism when you see it. Yeah, and when you're speaking out against racism, make sure that you're wearing a shirt from Open Skies <laughs> Company. Okay, on the real, Open Skies Trading Company is a great way to give back to your community because um, sometimes national land gets taken over by uh, Confederates, the Bundy family. Dildo entrepreneurs. (laughs) 
a bunch of different things. Sometimes just actual birds and bears, uh, which we've all learned are terrible racists. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so if you want to help out the national parks, a great way to do so is to buy shirts, posters, gear, all of that good stuff from Open Skies Trading Company. Because for every purchase you make, they will donate $1 to the National Parks Foundation, which helps the parks be maintained and kept nice and beautiful. Open Skies Trading Company has a lot of good shirts, got good merch. Just They're real fun, yeah. Go, go check it out, guys. It's available on OpenSkiesTrading.com and also on Instagram and Facebook. Open Skies Trading Co. That's Open Skies Trading Co. And if you want to send me a homemade mask or hood, uh, oh no, or, <laughs> or anything weird and shitty like that, then go ahead and uh, message me on Twitter or Instagram, any social media at Mondo Does Stuff. That's M A N D O does stuff when you think of white supremacy you think of armando torres <laughs> that's a direct quote somebody actually sent me that i have it saved in my phone i do remember that um if when this comes out you're in the san francisco bay area so am i <gasps> so if you want to hang out let me know i mean i probably don't have time to hang out with every single person but like you know we'll figure something out oh yeah i'll be there for a couple days What's your uh, Twitter and shit? Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> get me up at, at Rampage Wesley on Instagram, at Page Wesley on Twitter. And yeah, I'm down. I'm down for a hang if people are, is around. She's down to clown in the most respectful way. But also in the juggalo way. So <laughs> if, if you got Fago, hit, hit your bitch up. <laughs> hit, hit up hatchet tits? Is hit, that what it was? Hit up hatchet tits. Oh, man. Oh, it's me, your girl hatchet tits. Uh me with my my buddy's pain saw juggler um yeah hit us up <laughs> uh if you oh god i can't think of anything fun or cute about this uh <laughs> <laughs> um, no think of something funny at the plight of thousands and <laughs> thousands of poor black people if you make moonshine in your bathtub and you want to send me oh some uh good save <laughs> i i do love me some moonshine and i am willing to take a risk uh <laughs> what andrea's gonna find why out, is this kool-aid color <laughs> what, what andrea's gonna find out when she goes home with me for the holidays is that me and my family almost always keep a jar of moonshine cherries in the freezer oh my god i can't wait this is my favorite Oh, man. Uh, also, real quick, just like a heads up, uh, Armando and I independently and together have some cool things coming up in uh, March. We're going to be in Seattle, Portland area doing like a mini gateway show. We'll have more details about that in April. I'm going to be in Anchorage, Alaska for a comedy festival. And also I'll be in Milwaukee that month. So I will also be in Milwaukee. Um, we're planning on doing uh, as cult podcasts as a whole. We want to do some shit on the road in 2019. What? what? So we're going to put out a Google Doc. I'll put an announcement at the front of this episode, but also make the Google Doc and post it on all of our social. Tell us where you are. Tell us where you is. Tell us where we should be. Tell us where you be so I can come eat your weird foods. Exactly. Also, if you want to follow Andrea Gazetta on social media, it's Sundress Comic on all of the social media platforms, just yeah. to get that for you. Or if you want to look at my art, you can look at it on Instagram at 
Andre Gazetta, which Yay. is my name. Exactly. Yeah. But also, also tell us where you be and what which one of your restaurants has been on Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Oh yeah, yeah. dude. If Very important. That, to if there's me, a chance, Harry. my butt can sit where the butt of Guy Fieri was. I'm I am <laughs> in. If there's a chance, I can still smell Guy Fieri's butt on the seat. <laughs> if there's a chance that you are Guy Fieri's sweet sweet ass, please he, get out. He me. lives in NorCal, so you know, just saying, within our grasp. Where does he live? Does if he you live- know Guy Fieri, tell him that we're interested in talking to him about meats. So I looked it up and it says he lives about five miles outside of Flavortown. Is that? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. He's the mayor. He definitely lives inside Flavortown. Uh, I, I think it's like San Rafael or something like that. Just for, just for me, um, uh, coming up also, if you're in Palm Springs for whatever reason. If you're gay and fabulous, yeah, or, up, yay. Or Mexican and my family. Okay. <laughs> you live in the Palm Springs area. Uh, I and Andrea will be at the Hood Bar and Pizza where I'll be doing an hour and you're doing... T- to I a think, whole room minutes. of Klansmen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd do it. I've done I've done jokes to people who hated Mexican people and I cracked them. I fucking got them at the end. It always feels really good. I've emasculated bros for calling me fat. So, you know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So we'll be doing that. I also want to add something so that we can put all of our shows somewhere. I'll talk with you guys about yeah, that. Sure. I have something. Oh, on the yeah, if you want to learn more about us as a cult or podcast, whoops, let that one slip. Oh, We're actually oh a God. cult. Join us. If you want to join us, you can follow us on Instagram at Cult Podcast. Or on Twitter at Cult Podcast Show. You can also send us one of them that their emails to cultpodcastshow at gmail.com. Or if you want to send us uh, moonshine cherries. Oh yes. yeah! Oh my God! Seriously, do though. Okay. I don't know what the legalities of sending alcohol are. Please look this up also, before you send them. Maybe don't just drink stuff that people send you. I mean, if there's anything cults have taught us, don't oh. drink things from strangers. Fine. <sighs> Whatever you say, mother. Uh, but if you want to send us like cheeses of the world or like an autographed photo of Guy Fieri or something like that, or any of the dogs that you name after cult leaders. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> any any of the cult pictures of the cult leader dogs. I will put if you send if you name your dog after a cult leader and you send us a picture of that dog. I will put that dog on our cult wall. Yes. It'll be great. Yes. Also, if you guys have uh, Fieri cherries, which is cherries marinated in Fieri's sweat. Gross. Please send them. Why do these cherries taste like aioli? Uh, <laughs> you can send all of... it's just mayonnaise and he's very white. <laughs> he's like, I called it donkey sauce to fool him. Uh, you can send all of that to 3756 West Avenue 40, Suite K, number 237. Like, like the, the Shining. Shining. Los Angeles, California, 9. 0065. Fucking got me with that aioli thing. <laughs> that was, did not see that coming. If you want to find uh, our email address, our P.O. box address, or more information about the show, as well as upcoming blog posts, I've come up with a thing. It's going to be once a month. That's doable for me at this time, and then we'll try and do more as we go on. You can find all of this stuff at cultpodcastshow.com. That address again, cultpodcastshow.com. 
com and send us your cult dog pictures please. yeah people have been emailing us through the contact form which you can do you can email us you can do it on the website whatever we get all of them that's true there was a drag queen that tried rap snacks that emailed us through the contact form yeah i watched the Aww. video it's actually super interesting she had the best drag name and now it is it is escaping me got it i figured it out because it was it, i remember dying a fire yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dinah one of the best drag names I'd heard in a long time. Uh, and she tastes some rap snacks, and it's fantastic. I listen to almost anything drag queens say ever. So for me, it, it spoke directly to me. If there was a cult for drag queens, paid to be all about If you're following this season of All Stars 4, hit me up on the Facebook group or on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, join I have our feelings. Join our Facebook group too, by the way. I'll put. Um, it's really fun. It's so much fun. It's in mostly there. cheese memes, but it's, it's a It's a group on Facebook. You have to request to be in it, but either. The way that our schedules work, either Paige or I are always up and approve people with in the hour normally yeah typically within a few minutes and so uh join in there and get in there it's a lot of really fun people a lot of people connecting also we have that link to our phones so we always respond all yeah three of we're, us. we're up in that group all the time and also no one's really been a dick in there which is great it's really yeah. fun it's yeah, been it's a great super time. nice and fun boy oh boy are we gonna get some dicks from this one probably <laughs> oh yeah well you know but they're all pink so they don't count <laughs> <laughs> all right well, uh, I'm going to say don't drink things that strangers give you. I'm just going <laughs> to reiterate that. Uh, but also don't drink the Kool-Aid. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's me, Lincoln. I'm back from the grave. <laughs> <laughs> Why does Lincoln sound like Ringo? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Y'all you, you, you figured me out. Oh.